Yeah, where's it coming from? Let's find out. Welcome to the Six Degrees of John Keel podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Fisher, and with me is Morgana. And here with us tonight is Jazz Armstrong, a non-binary queer polyamorous pagan. They are nearly 30 years old, born and raised Catholic in Michigan, but transplanted to southeastern Ohio over a decade ago. They prefer gender-neutral pronouns, and they have been experiencing things since before they can remember, oftentimes relying on the recollection of others in their life. So, howdy, Jazz. Howdy, y'all. Hi. Glad to be here. Good to meet you. you. Likewise. So do you have any awesome experiences you want to tell us about? Well, where do I begin? Um, I guess I can start with like my earliest memory, which happens um, to be when I was about seven years old. I recall um, waking up in the morning and going and having breakfast and not thinking anything else of the day and going outside and finding my grandfather waiting for me. Um, Thought it was kind of strange because he lives in Maine and I live in Michigan or lived in Michigan at the time. So I thought that was odd and, but didn't think anything else past that and just went for a walk with him. And we walked around the yard. We checked out the garden. We checked out the chickens. We made sure that like everything was in order and everything was okay. And then we walked back up to the house. Well, by the time I got to the house, I found my mother with all my siblings gathered around. um, And she said that she had to tell us some news. And that news was that grandfather had passed that day, um, early that morning. So at that moment, I was just completely shocked. I was confused. No, I just went for a walk with him. What are you talking about? He's not... He's not gone. He's actually here in Michigan. People are just confused. And right. I remember her having to pull me aside and, and kind of um, explain that what I had seen or witnessed needed to stay within myself, that it would be confusing to my siblings. And so I remember from that point on just kind of knowing to keep that kind of stuff to myself. But that's like the earliest memory I have. Um, I've had a lot of other different kinds of weird experiences too, though. So she didn't deny that that it had happened. She just didn't want you to talk about it. Precisely. Um, and she's one of those people that has been like my chief recollectors. Um, as a mother, she was aware of things that not everyone can be aware of with her children. And so she witnessed me witnessing things way before I was even able to form those memories. Um, But she never denied it. She's never denied it. She's always just kind of accepted that that it was the case. Uh, Go ahead. Was it always ghosts or other things or both? 
Um, so for the most part, uh, it's been these strange like shadow figures um, that can take on different forms that don't necessarily always look humanoid, but um, always have different um, like emotions and uh, personalities attached and things like regardless of their form. But then there's those that take on this super intense, very prominently human um, form. And those things are kind of like the thing, the thing with my grandfather and some other things I've experienced along those lines. It's definitely like a ghost. It's a spirit. It is the imprint of somebody's energy um, still stuck around here that I'm experiencing. But then I don't, I, there's a lot more with the shadow creatures. It's a lot more like they are doing their own thing rather than repeating something. Right. I get that. I I see the occasional little darting shadows that are just, they're going about their business and they're, they don't feel human or like they ever were. So no. I have no idea if they're entirely like that, but I think I can wrap my brain around that. Yeah. Yeah. So when you saw your grandfather, he looked like your grandfather. He looked solid. He looked present. Did you, did he touch your hand? Did did he hold hands with you or? Um, I actually do distinctly remember that um, because it didn't happen until we approached the chicken coop. I remember asking him why we had to go check out the chickens and there was something about making sure we were always cared for or like fed or something like that. Yeah. I couldn't remember exactly what it was, but I remember that he reached out his hand and grasped my hand that said it's to make sure something to make sure that you're here, that you have what you need or something like that. Um, yeah. but he did grasp my hand and I, remember so, that physicality so to all intents and purposes he was there so no wonder you were confused <laughs> absolutely yeah it made for a, a pretty stark impression for you know a seven-year-old yeah 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 that's 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 intense now does your mother see things She's never admitted to that. Um, I do think she does though. I think that she's just from a different generation where they they're just um, not allowed to express those kinds of things. Um, she's you know she was very much Catholic, um, still is to this day. and with that, there's a lot of um, you know, where, where spirituality is concerned, even if you think it's the Holy spirit, you still don't really talk about it. Yeah. It's kind of under wraps. Like you still shouldn't really admit to it or anything like that. So she's never admitted to me that she's actually, um, witnessed like things though. I have overheard her express, um, like knowledge of the future unknowingly. Ah. So she does have a touch of something that has helped her to see through the veil, even to this day, where she'll just, she's just aware of things before she should they be aware happen. of them. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So maybe she's got her own psychic friends network going. Right. Right. Something like that. Now, do any of your siblings 
see or experience things? Yeah. So I'm not alone in this family. Um, I, well, first of all, I guess I should preface this with, I have 13 brothers and sisters. Um, and as of this, as of today, I have 30 nieces and nephews. <gasps> Your sister had the baby. Yes. Yes, she did. <laughs> so I, Ten fingers, yeah. toes. Everything, everything oh, is good. perfectly healthy. Um, yeah, he's a cute little boy. Um, another Armstrong in the mix. Well, technically not an Armstrong because it was to my sister who is married. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yeah. so you guys are. Your family is seriously Catholic. Very. Not seriously. Catholic like. No. Seriously Catholic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, to the point where I still kind of feel like we were in a very segregated sect of Catholicism, something that wasn't, it just seemed abnormal for now, now looking back on it, um, seemed outside of the realm of even Catholicism in its normal boundaries. Um, so we've all kind of dealt with that upbringing, but then all coming to terms with like our own experiences and what we've seen or witnessed and how to wrap our minds around all of that. How do your siblings, do you guys talk about it? Do you well, share experiences? Some of us are more open about it with with each other than others are. Um, me and my closest siblings just openly talk about it all the time. You know, we, we talk about the shadow people that we saw around the house. We talk about our different experiences with, you know, past, you know, people who have passed, our friends, our family, our, you know, anyone in our lives that had passed that we were experiencing their afterfall, afterthoughts or after effects or whatever the case may be. Um, they would open up to me and, and express that they were experiencing these same kind of things. Um, Cause I've always been open about it. So I've just like talked about it even when I've been told not to, <laughs> like, even when I was a kid, I was still like, no, mom said not to tell you, but guess what? When there's 12 of you and two parents. And yeah, mom said not to, but you know, we, we got number. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, are you the seventh? Number eight. Number eight. You're the eight, right? Drat. I was. I've. It always was. Ne I was never sure, and I've always liked to be like, "Oh, Jazz is totally the seventh of a seventh and like have that nice magical fairy tale. Yeah, that would be pretty kid cool. Kid going on, <laughs> but maybe you're the eighth kid of an eighth kid, and that's also awesome. Huh? <laughs> I know my. I see. That's the thing. Both of my parents come from larger families as well. Um, my mother was the eldest of. Uh, seven and then my dad was the you're the eighth of an eighth no you're she was seven, eighth of seven. seven. Yeah. <laughs> i can't math it's too late for math <laughs> oh man it is too late at night for math it's always too late at night for math unless it's like food ratios or agreed something. if it's not food related then it doesn't count yeah, food or food or sewing. I, I I'm good at those, <laughs> okay. but okay. after that, actually, if I'm doing chemistry, I can balance an equation still. But yeah, mm. but you're weird like that. 
I still love you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> you can help the kids. I'll, st I'll, I'll still flip the numbers at the end, though, and you give the wrong yeah. answer, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you you've had shadow people experiences um, that may or may not be people. Yeah. So, what are they like? Do you have do you have recurring? ones that you can identify or are they malleable? Do they change? Are they changeable? Um, so the ones that I've witnessed have always maintained their form throughout the witnessing, throughout the experience. So whether I see them once or I see them recurringly, like often, like all the time, it, they always maintain their form. So that if they're not like malleable or anything like that, um, that being said, their form is a little blurred, so it's not fully something that can be present in this um, dimension, I think. Um, but that being said, they are recognizable, um, especially those that are more comfortable with me and have been around me for a long time. Um, those ones, I feel, I just don't even, I mean, I recognize that they're there and I feel that they're there, but I, it doesn't even right cross my mind as something to even worry about because it's just they're there constantly. And those, those presences are always, I always feel them. Um, and whether or not I'm seeing them, they still feel the same way, you know, and they feel differently than when I have experienced something like a ghostly encounter with like my grandfather. Yeah. Um, so, can you tell us a shadow people story? I love stories. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, let's see. What's a what's a good one? Okay, so I um, this is one that is the first like Athens experience I had. Oh yes, and Yay. it's kind and and ever since then this entity has been around me or with me. So I remember it was really, um, it was a really cold night and I was actually like fully dressed, which is weird because I was going to a party. So you'd think <laughs> I'd probably be wearing nothing at that age. But regardless, I was like fully dressed and warm and comfortable. And um, I remember just walking up the street and looking to my right, and you know Athens, it has so many hills, and so sometimes you're on a sidewalk, but the yard next to you is four feet above your eyes. You know, that kind of thing happens yeah. all over the place. So I glance up, and the, the ground is about eye level, and I, I see what I thought appeared to be like shoes or, or feet or something. And then I looked closer and they didn't have any form and the form just kind of mystified almost like a shadow. It just like became more of a shadow. So at first when I glanced it, it seemed like something physical, but the more I looked at it, the more wispy and smoky it seemed to have like be. Right. So I'm just a little perturbed. Like, what is this? What is going on? I know I'm not like on anything yet because I'm going to the party. So <laughs> what's happening? And um, 
it followed me along the length of the yard, always at the same distance, so well within the yard, but um, nonetheless still within my vision. And so visually I was able to watch it follow and come alongside me. And I, you know, kind of freaked out because like I said, this was my first Athens experience. Like I had been experiencing things, but I hadn't come, I hadn't done so in this location before. Welcome to Athens. Yeah. <laughs> Our weirdness is very in your face. Yeah, exactly. And yep. yep. literally it's just in your that's face. Exactly what it felt yeah. like was that it was just, just saying, hi, I'm here. And you need to pay attention because I'm here, that kind of thing. Um, but I remember walking, like going to the party, having a good time, and then walking back um, home afterwards and being with a group of people this time. And um, I like, we were coming up to the yard, so I kind of s- slow down to step behind everyone in the crowd because I was like, okay, I want to make sure that I, you know, I was like, I was or was not seeing something earlier. Like I want to be sure. Of this. Right. And all of a sudden the group at the front, like the people, the people in the front of the group just stopped dead at the barrier of that yard, just stopped and we're all we all just kind of piled up on them like wait wait what why and they're like there's something up there it's like oh great so now this whole group of people is saying that there's something up there what the hell is going on and needless to say i look up and there it is it's the same figure as before it feels the same it looks the same and it's keeping the same distance even like all the same exact things as how, what I had just experienced. But I asked anyone, do you see anything? Do you see anything? And everyone was saying, no, there's nothing there. I just feel like something weird is going on. And so we quickly kind of got spooked. So we quickly started running away from that yard. Um, but that I think was like the most stark um, shadow people experience I've had. I, I think of all of them. What section of town were you in? Um, it was the like. Do you know where Mound is? Oh, the west yeah, side. So yeah. exactly, it was like. <laughs> I know where that is. I think it may have even been a. Um, no, it wasn't on Mound. It was a different street. I'm not sure which one, but that that whole oh. area. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Near Ark, Mound, Ark. Um, it's near North Congress is around yes. Lancaster's there. Yeah. Carpenter's there. Yeah, It was up amongst those. Yeah. And it was a, a really old house that had like the sidewalk of the brick was there for a while. And it was, and you could tell it was because it was still sturdy and wasn't leaning over. Like it was collapsing yet. Right. So you knew that it was built at a certain time when they were still building things properly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. What's yeah, it that, like? Was it like a human just shadow figure once you could see more than feet? It was um <laughs> it it was human-ish in so much as it seemed to have limbs in the same place as we have limbs and um seemed to have um 
a head and torso and legs. Uh-oh. Did I just break my headphones? And my back. Sorry yes. about that. Yes. I just no, you're fine. Got expressive in my talking and ripped the headphones out. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we could still hear you the whole time. You just couldn't hear oh, okay, us. Okay, good, good. <laughs> you didn't mess up the mic. It's okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so it was definitely humanoid in its form. And um, it was much bigger, though, than any human I've ever witnessed or experienced. And um, despite being super dense and super dark, seemed to like pulsate a little bit. Um, hmm. And I thought that that was because I could almost like feel almost like a vibration off of the entity. And that's kind of how I started to recognize it from there out um, because then it wasn't just at that location because that became, it just happened to be a place that I was frequently passing because you do in Athens, that's just how it happened. It's not exactly. So you pass by the same places over and again. And then it just kind of felt like it was getting to leave further and further, the more that it was staying with me, it was able to venture further and further away from when it, where it was, or at least that's what it felt like. It could have been something like it was not necessarily ever constrained to one location. And I just was allowing it to allowing myself to see and feel and witness it from in different locations, because it got to the point where that same feeling was coming over me when I was at home and mm. it would you know, linger for a bit, but then dissipate. Sometimes it would co correspond with um, visuals of me seeing a shadow figure again and that sort of thing. But it always accompanied the same feelings, the same, it was comfort, it was reassurance, it was nothing maniacal, nothing mean, nothing hurtful. Um, it was just always something like felt, made me feel welcome, but slightly confused <laughs> i can feel that I, I can get that it may uh, have been a, a guardian that somebody had put there at one point and then they moved or it just stayed yeah. and that, got, yeah. got stronger and stronger as more people felt yeah. it there's also stuff that just runs around on the west side <laughs> yeah absolutely. there is there it, absolutely is I, I think it's because there's just, there's so many musicians and artists and like also younger people and younger townies and just, it's. There's it's, a lot of energy there. Yeah. yeah there's Absolutely. a lot of energy and it's also ordered by cemeteries. <laughs> yes. From yes. one side to the other. It, it literally is. is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, um, and. I think because I've I've run into plenty of stuff on the west side, mm -hmm. um, as as have I. And when I first moved here, all of our friends lived on the west side. So, they, yeah, <laughs> wasn't the lime green lever house on the west side too? Oh yeah, it's on Brown Avenue. So I think I've seen it. Yeah, although oh, yeah. I don't think it's lime green anymore. Oh, it is. They've never repainted that thing. It's the same 
pale green paint that it was 28 years ago. I know ago. exactly the house you're talking about. Yep. Yeah. That's, yep. that's mom's old house from when they were young. Okay. Wow. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. I think it's so cool that a giant shadowy humanoid figure is like nice for once. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought when, like, I don't, I, there's not very few. There's not very many people I can talk about this with and feel comfortable enough to actually share the full details of what's of what you know I experienced. But for those that I have, that is the resounding surprise that from that experience it wasn't one of malice and anger and hatred or pain or anything like that like usually when it comes in a larger form that can be overwhelming and like overpowering for me it wasn't it didn't feel that way yeah could have been an egregore that a a coven made true you know a guardian for a neighborhood that i mean it's when I, i was told when i moved to athens 28 years ago um that you couldn't swing a dead cat in Athens without hitting a witch. That was the exact <laughs> quote that was given me by someone who grew up here. And uh, he was absolutely right. And it's been the same way. You know, we, we left after five years, we came back, what, 12 years later, 13 years later. And it's the mm-hmm. same, you know, it's just different groups of pagans, but they're all, you know, the witches and pagans are all around and, you have enough people raising enough energy and putting out wards and, you know, bindings and calling up guardians. You're going to have creatures that are left over. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's, that one sounds really like it was, it was meant to guard a place. And that's cool. people, Or a place or people. Yeah, or and the it, people it, in the place. It just decided maybe you needed guarding. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, and so it, and it honestly, the, followed the, you whole, the term guardkin that I didn't until you said that I I hadn't really ever thought of them that like that like a guardian, and that's exactly what the feelings are that I felt I felt overlooked. I felt but not in a negative way. I felt like I was being watched. Right. I felt like I was being cared for. I was someone had my back is kind of what it was like. So to hear that word guardian put in just makes so much sense. Um, And it, like you said, the West side is full of like so much stuff is over on the West side and um, it doesn't, it doesn't all stay there. And that's what some people think it does and it doesn't. And it travels. And they need to like, in order to protect themselves properly, they need to be aware that it doesn't stay in one place like that. Not, not all of this stuff does. <laughs> no, no, no. People, people need to understand. I mean, one of the things about the West side that even when I first moved there, I noticed was um, over off of what is it? Central around the back Curran drive. There's mm-hmm. that uh, electrical substation. Mm-hmm. And that puts out a huge amount of electromagnetic energy. And everybody I knew who lived in that general neighborhood, all the way to where I lived on Brown Avenue, we all saw and felt 
and heard weird stuff always. It was all the, it was mm -hmm. constant. And I don't, I, I don't necessarily think that the electromagnetic energy itself created it, but I think it's sort of like a giant sign that says, eat it Joe's <laughs> right here, you know, totally, and totally. That, that, the, that the creatures that aren't necessarily physical can all sort of come there and congregate and they have plenty of, of energy food, I guess you could look at it that way. Um, but I would not be surprised because I knew of at least one coven in that area um, a long time ago. And I know of one witch that lives there now. And Patricia lived over there too. Back and Trisha then. was there. That's right. Trisha, Trisha was there. Lived over there back then. Brittany lived over there. Yep. Depending on when this was, actually, Brittany and I may have still been living together and we may have been on Second Street. Okay. Raise it stuff and being more active witches <laughs> because if this was in 2000 if this was a, a roughly 9 or 10 years ago we may have been there <laughs> we have been present I mean that's, how, that's um, a... present and active <laughs> In which case that we, God knows, we might have, some, one of ours might have gotten lost. Because <laughs> I just, I didn't think about it till now, but I'm like, oh man, I really hope I picked everybody up every time we moved. But how wonderful would it be if you forgot one and they found me? <laughs> and now, yeah. and now here we are. That would be amazing. <laughs> Well, Brittany and I, we made tulpas all the time and they would, they got loose. Like we didn't always make them and they just showed up and like, we're hanging out. Like we would make them and we would run into them <laughs> what yeah. all over town. Other people started seeing them and telling us about them. And we were like, okay, this is getting out of hand. Okay. Explain what a tulpa is for listeners. Okay. So a tulpa is a thought form, a, a, created thought form being that with intense mental focus and emotional focus you can invest with energy and a kind of life um in our case Brittany and i would tell stories to each other and with each other and like we would just make them up um, it, we, we, we always explained it as D and D with no rules, no DM, no dice and no like set adventure path. I like this. I like this. Your, your stepfather and I have been doing that for over 30 years. So yeah, um, we know. And our characters would start showing up if we had particularly long running stories. Um, which was weird. <laughs> one of my bosses actually saw one of them and came into work at the restaurant I was working at and was like, I saw somebody who I thought was your doppelganger. And I said, what? And he described them to me and they were one of my male characters. Oh. And I, I had, when I went home, I told Brittany and she was like, Oh, that's weird. <laughs> Of course, that's her reaction. Um, 
so Lord knows. I mean, it, oh, <laughs> maybe I'll get to meet it sometime. And if it is one of mine, it might hey, be Mama. like, hey, <laughs> where you at? Where you been? <laughs> I'm sorry, I forgot you. <laughs> you wandered off. Uh, that's what they do, though. That's true, they that's do wander off. Well, there was a time I forgot the thing at your house, Mom. Yeah, yeah, come get your thing. Well, tell that story real quick, and then Jazz has to tell us another story. Uh, there, <laughs> I when I'm like a small child. The, the last time that Morgana lived with us, which was a few years back, um, she was very happy to move out. She's very excited. And she took all of her stuff except for a little gobliny thing that proceeded to run around on my roof, oh, God. making noise all the time. Um, Koi did not care for that behavior at all. And it would thump along the walls. Like it was, it was acting like it was trapped. Yeah, because it was. Because it was. Because mom right, didn't, mama didn't so bring it along. Mom didn't, didn't remember that one sigil that yeah. she had hung up outside the bedroom. Yeah, so I was like, it's gotta be there's gotta be something that she left behind. And there was a, a little butterfly that she had left next to the door. Um, that was a just a, a, a pretty little butterfly decal that she had put on the wall. And then there was a sigil right next to it. And I went, oh, <laughs> I know what that is. So, you know, I had to text, hey, kid, uh, you doing anything right now? Uh, yeah, you need to come get your creature. <laughs> there is a creature running around my house and it is very unhappy. And I keep telling it, it's okay. She'll come get you. I found the sigil. It's still on the wall. You need to come get it and take care of that because it's not cool. Now you did leave me one. I did but, leave. And he's still here, here. and but he's still here. But that you know, that, that, one we have was, that was an agreed upon transfer of of guardianship. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're but its the, guardian ad litem now. Yes, the, the the poor little guy though. He was not. I felt so bad because that was one of my oldest sigils I ever made that I made when I was a teenager. Well, that kind of makes sense was, then. You know, they you kind I of figured know. that they at this point had their own autonomy that they would just follow. You know, I think he was asleep. He was lazy. He <laughs> <laughs> was under the bed. <laughs> you know? He and found then, a wine bottle under the bed and was finishing it off. I don't know what he was doing. And but. I, I was gone and for like two weeks, I think. Yeah, because he didn't start making noise for about a week. And then it took me a while because I was like, yeah. oh, my God, we've got raccoons in the in the attic. Oh, my God. You know, I thought they sealed it up so the squirrels couldn't get in well, there. I was the thing on the stairs because it's no... Yeah, it then was when I thought, you saw the bat, the giant bat shadow over a painting by the door of my room that I think you were like, okay, wait a damn minute. Yeah, the bat wings were a giveaway. I was like, oh, I know what this it's is. It's the eldest child. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't too bad though, and it wasn't it wasn't scary or mean. It was just like, hey, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. Hey, hey, hey. Grandma! Grandma! <laughs> oh, well, I, 
Why is mom not here? <laughs> she went to work and never came back. I felt so bad. I went and got it, and I... You can, in fact, feel an annoyed sigil. Oh, I believe that. Mm-hmm. It can, in fact, pout. I believe that wholeheartedly. And be very displeased with you, and you get a mental image of it, like, with arms <laughs> crossed and, like, refusing to look at you. And, like, with a lip stuck out, and just like, I can't believe you forgot about me. And I, there, I had to, Nick did not <laughs> like that sigil, and I was like, okay, but I've offended it, so I have to, like, it needs to get, like, extra sage and tobacco and love and some candy <laughs> for a little bit. For a little bit, yeah. It was not happy with you at It all. was very, it was displeased. <laughs> So I ever, but I I generally pick up after myself. That was the first time I remember forgetting one. No, that it and it was a it was an extenuating circumstance. Yeah, there had been a lot of moving back and forth and stuff. Yeah, most of the ones that I leave, I give to people, and I leave them on purpose. Yeah, yeah, much cooler. Um, Okay, so sorry about that random interlude. Nothing to apologize for. It's all on topic, I think. That's true. Um, so, okay. Giant shadow guardian okay. friend. Yeah, so that's one of the shadow figures I've, I've experienced. Um, they have come in different forms sometimes. Um, I, I can't really... I mean, because I'm human and have had a human experience and have experienced, you know, I've witnessed animals and their life forms. It's hard for me to see these forms and not attribute human or animalistic qualities to them. So despite the fact that they feel very wholly different, um, sometimes they do look or feel like maybe a dog or a cat. Um, you know, at different times, something that slithers, you know, they take on some different forms at, in different places at different times. Um, but like I said earlier, it's, if it's one I've felt before, I've, I recognize it again. And it, even right. if it's form, if I didn't rec- notice the form at first, sometimes it takes me a few times of being around them to recognize their form. Um, as it appears visually, but I recognize them in other fashions and other dimensions, I suppose. Legit. <laughs> yeah. So when you experience the shadow beings, what what do you think of them as? Do you think of them, What what do you think they are? And where do you think they are? Do you think they're here, here, or partially here, or move in and out of this realm, this physical realm? So when it comes to the shadow creatures, I definitely feel that they are um, somehow a part of this world, Um, whether that be our planet or our dimension, they are somehow connected to our time and space and the time and space we share with one another. Um, I kind of feel as though they are 
energy forms, energy forces that have taken on a physical form that isn't fully physical in our dimension. So these are things that like Morgana was talking about earlier, um, those you know thought beings that can be brought into creation, something similar to something like that, only based on people's emotions and energies. And they then coalesce and become their own entity at that point. And so I feel like they are, they're of this realm, but they're also part of so many others that they're not completely recognizable here. Um, and that being said, I think that they have just as diverse a range of desires, abilities, um, etc. You know, that they, they have their own autonomy to the extent that they can do and say and think and feel on their own without the aid of their original creator or something. Yeah. It's yeah. actually something that happens with mm -hmm. tulpas. There's a really, you know, John Keel wrote about a woman who made one and she had to get rid of it. Uh, Alexandra David Neal. Yes, Alexandra David Neal. She had to get rid of it very quickly because it started doing things that she didn't tell it to do. It shouldn't have known how to do them. And it was displaying autonomy and it started to change. Mm -hmm. And it stopped being a, because she imagined it as a very jolly little Tibetan okay. monk. And it started to change and get very lean and had its facial expression went from being very jolly to very sly and yep. devious and sullen. And it yeah. freaked her out. Yeah. Jan Cassius has a lean and hungry look. Yeah. Too much such men are dangerous as, as, as said in Julius Caesar. Um, that's what I always thought about when she described that change. Yeah. Um, and she was taught by Tibetan monks how to, how to make a tulpa because they talked about it when she was visiting them. And she was like, well, can I do that? And they're like, <laughs> maybe if you, if you, concentrate really hard and they taught her how to do it and then she did and and he basically was just like the other monks he just sort of did monkly things wandered around and carried things and meditated and and he was very jolly and and round and nice until he mm -hmm. wasn't and i kind of wondered if maybe something that was outside of our realm sort of took that form and sort of slipped in there because she wasn't paying attention to him. She wasn't guiding him and putting more energy into him to give him his own personality in life. And it just sort of slithered in and was like, oh, this is like wearing a coat. I like this. Absolutely. I, like this. I you know, completely gonna... agree that, yeah. that I think that that um, possibility is so prevalent, I think, in our in, in what we experience as our reality is um, that idea of possession of some other entity being able to enter some other, a, a different form in order to then work out their own 
needs or desires. And I think that, you know, that's not just, that's very much not just a Christian ideology. That's very much an ideology that is shared amongst many different belief systems and, and, and I, and oh, yeah. religions. And that idea is not something that humans are like new to. We've been feeling this or experiencing this for a long time. And I feel that it doesn't stop at just the human experience. So anything that we then create or anything that comes from us that does take on its own life and its own autonomy, those then also are susceptible to other energies coming in and taking control or taking over. And so I feel like in some cases that guardian that we were talking about earlier, you know, maybe was put there with the purpose of guarding that family or that household. But then upon being recognized and noticed by many, my others drew in some other larger, powerful entity entity that then took on that form to then, you know, go on about its existence afterwards. following me around town and like showing up at my house and just like staring at me through the windows and stuff like (laughs) (laughs) but in a nice way way. (laughs) yeah i'm seeing candles version of the shadow (laughs) ban (laughs) like the nice kind not like the creeper that was running around the west side no no not like that um so have you seen any other ghosts like your grandfather that seemed perfectly human, normal, um, seemingly solid? Yes. So I've had, so there's one experience that was overwhelmingly human, but I didn't actually experience any kind of visuals at the, at that time. Um, and then there there have been times where there's one in particular when I was up at the ridges that I saw physical forms. It was an imprint in, and I believe, I don't know the history of the ridges as much as others might. And so I don't know what's gone on there. Exactly. Bad. That's as much as I know or can feel. But what I witnessed was the drowning of patients. The, systematic drowning of a line of patients that I think were sick. And instead of doing anything to take care of them, they just took them to the trough in the middle of the forest and drowned them. And I saw it. I saw all of that play out. I saw a trough full of water and I saw them dump dunking patients' heads into the water while they were tied up. And then they're in there casting them aside putting their bodies on the other bodies and going to the next patient. And um, that <laughs> has never left me. I still have nightmares about that. I, that's yeah, that it, it was terrifying. Um, and the, yeah. And I'm just going to explain what the ridges are. It's, it's the old Athens lunatic asylum, which was the name of it. You know, it's not a very nice name, but that's what it was called. And it started out as a very nice hospital um, with a very good reputation. But then after the Civil War, 
a lot of patients were added to it because pe- men were coming in with PTSD. They didn't know it was that. They didn't call it that, mm-hmm. but that's what it was. And um, it got overcrowded very quickly. And there's no record of anything like that happening, but I would be pretty sure that nobody would keep records of anything like that happening. Exactly. That's just not something that somebody wrote down. And in fact, there may not have even, a doctor may not have even known about it. It's just, oh, well, those patients died. They could have been from the tuberculosis ward for that right, matter. Right, precisely. Yeah. Nobody would look askance at a bunch of people dying of tuberculosis. Exactly. So you you would be able to easily get away with something like that. And, and I mean, even with the times that we're thinking, because it was the asylum and the patients were there under doctor's orders and such, the doctors had all the power. So they had all all power of disseminating any information that they decided they wanted to disseminate. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And there's so many stories, not only of, of the Athens Lunatic Asylum, but uh, Denver State Hospital up in um, Massachusetts, uh, Weston State Hospital in West Virginia, Trans-Allegheny um, oh, Hospital, um, also in West Virginia. None of these places are positive places now. You know, some of them were started as as perfectly good hospitals with all good intentions, but they it went downhill. And the way that mentally ill people were treated, um, well, some of them are still treated badly, but it was worse up till probably the I would say the nineteen seventies yeah, or eighties. Absolutely. Well, then in the 80s, Reagan had his whole, let's just let everybody out and not have social services there to catch everybody. Oh, well, yes, that was great, too. I showed up in Athens right about when the ridges closed. Oh, okay. We had a lot of street people that had come from the ridges, and they were they were Because they up. were not and getting the- any of the help that they needed and then just put out on the street oh. with nothing to, to yeah. safeguard. Yeah, it was it was pretty horrifying and, and pretty awful. Also, um, after the ridges closed, uh, OU took it over, Correct. and they started ripping out like large chunks of the interior walls and everything, and and just messing with stuff and digging stuff up, and that stirred up so much psychic yes. crap. Yes, I call it the psychic alluvia. The psychic effluvia train would just just pour through the town. And there were times that were really, really creepy, you know, at, at that point. And uh, I, I had a friend who worked up there right at the end of it being a hospital. And, and he said there was just parts that were just so sad and just because there was nothing you could do. You couldn't help. It was it was just horrible. But yeah, I suspect that that facility has all sorts of secrets that just are sad. And I mean, I could weird. Yeah. I mean, the biggest the biggest thing that we know about from the ridges that we know is a fact is terrible. 
which yeah. is lobotomies. Yes, Dr. Icepick. Um, who, again, somebody who started with good intentions and then just, wow. just went off the rails. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you know, I don't like to be sensationalist, but I, there, I've been up at the ridges and I've been in some of the unrefurbished parts. Well, I am one of the few left around who was able to actually get into the TB ward. Me too. <laughs> Not something I'm any any kind of proud of anymore because now I'm just like, what did I do to myself? What am I still what is still attached to me? What has been following me ever since? Like because that place yeah. was creepy. Actually, there was yeah. the children's ward inside the TB ward. I lost myself. I lost myself because I was so overwhelmed with all of the energy that was there and that was present and that was just overwhelmingly mournful. <laughs> it just. It's a, yeah. I never went there. I, I, nope. I think it was a teenage rite of passage at a certain I, point. I was near my thirties by the time I got here. So maybe it was beyond the, the age of where you go, let's go do that. <laughs> Yeah. We, we did not make it to the children's ward because I was with Brittany and my boyfriend at the time, who was an absolute, just he did not mm. see things. He was a blockhead. Um, and we were walking down the hallway and we'd been being good little investigators and taking pictures and like feeling things mm -hmm. out and like talking to each other. And we brought flashlights and salts and things just in case, you know. And we were walking down the hallway next to each other and we both stopped dead because both of us felt and heard in our heads, get out, not yours. And Brittany and I looked at each other and I said, did you just hear? And she said, uh-huh. And I said, time to go. And she said, uh-huh. And we turned on our heels and we grabbed each other's hands and then we grabbed my boyfriend and Ran. We just exited. <laughs> so we did not run. Because mom taught me never run from anything immortal. It attracts their attention. <laughs> it's like a T-Rex being able to see you. <laughs> yeah. just, like walk quickly. A high speed nonchalant <laughs> walk. <laughs> Nothing's happening here. Do not pay attention to me. Run away. I'm not running. <laughs> and Please even don't follow it, me. It's like something was pushing us from behind. Like a giant hand was just like, get out. And we were like, okay, not our place. Absolutely. And then there was slamming down the hallway, like over and over, like very loud slamming on a pretty regular rhythm. And, you know, we looked at some of the pictures and there were faces, like not pareidolia faces, 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 like glowing orb faces in some of them. And Brittany and I had seen things, you know, while we were in there. And I, after that, we were like, why? <laughs> exactly. It's like, why are we putting ourselves <laughs> in this position? Like, one, tuberculosis dust. Two, abandoned building. 
dangers. Three, it's haunted <laughs> as fuck. What is wrong with us? Yeah, they didn't what? tell me they were doing it until after oh, it was geez. done. And I was just like, oh, that's oh, good. That's nice. Let's Thanks. get the cleansing started before you even get back. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like when you used to come in from the woods and you'd been dragged through the pond. And it's like, just drop all your clothes before you come in the house. I'm going to burn them now. Yes. <laughs> Hose you down with salt water. No, no, no. This is bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. We, I, I never did that particular thing. I didn't like that. You, well, enough stuff just comes and finds you. Like, you don't normally have to go looking. True. Yeah. True. See, I was the There's only that. one in the group that experienced anything. So everyone else was all like, oh, let's go see if it's real. Let's go see if we can see things and experience things. And I'm just like, y'all don't want this. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> like, this is what you're asking for, but this is not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> Did they learn? Some of them have. Some of them are still trying to learn, I think. Okay. Well, someone is still trying to teach them at least. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Yeah, I've I've said a few times to some people, you really don't want to see that. You think you do. You, you think it would be cool, but it's, it's not, not that cool. It isn't. <laughs> Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes when it's like little lights or something, it's when you've cool, grown comfortable like, with it. You, when you're yeah. used to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, but yeah, giant, giant shadow people. Most of my shadow people are mm. nice. Well, okay, my sleep paralysis shadow people are nice. The small shadow beings okay. are nice. I don't know why I distinguish between the two, but I do. Well, there's gotta sleep be paralysis a... creatures are seldom nice. Yeah, sleep paralysis critters can just stop. <laughs> if that's a trick of my brain or not, or both, or some combination, I don't care. And they can it just sucks. stop, please. Like, yeah. I, mm, somebody else can have that. People who want to see stuff here right. take my sleep paralysis. <sighs> Okay, so what other cool stuff? Because we keep interrupting think, you. No, we're just flowing conversation. We're <laughs> interrupting okay. at all. Um, well, one other poignant story about Athens that sticks out to me is when I lived on Morris. Um, uh, I was <laughs> yeah. I was hoping for that reaction because if you yeah. If you've been in Athens and you've been on Morris, you've experienced something on Morris because something has fucking happened. Yep. Because there's yeah. funeral homes Two on funeral homes. each end of that street. <laughs> so much energy flowing yep. through that. It's right by the river. Exactly. There's the Jehovah's Witness yeah. church. The Jehovah's Witnesses are there. There was a school there. There is an elementary school there with uh -huh. a radio tower. And there's that. Uh, yeah. There's a Red Cross as well. So there's just like so yep. much Woodshed. exactly constant. And it's right by the river and a park. See exactly. Yep. So yep. Morris, yes. crazy. It's a crazy street. I don't like to use the word crazy, but you know what I mean. It yeah. So yeah. I lived in a house that 
at one point belonged to a famous magician and then at another point was converted into a frat house. During the time it was a frat house, they had built a garage in the back that was a two-story garage where they have those fancy elevators that you drive your car up onto. Well, so these fancy elevators don't always stay fancy. And one of the college students got crushed by a car inside the garage on that property. So I didn't find any of that out until I had moved out of the house because of what I'm about to tell you and how scared I was. But I'm just sleeping in my bed. So I'm on the second floor. Behind my head is um, bay windows that I stuck my bed up into. And there's a little bit outside the windows. There's a little bit of um, the porch roof. And then, you know, it's just the end of the house. So, and then outside of the bedroom door is a landing and then a bathroom further across the landing and then stairs going up and down. So I'm just laying there sleeping. Don't, nothing's going on. And then all of a sudden my dog, Harmony, who's a little tiny, like teacup Yorkie, like the smallest, little tiniest cute thing you could ever imagine, starts freaking out. She, her hair, every hair is standing on end. She's growling, baring her teeth. She's shaking profusely and it wakes me up. It's so bad. And I'm just like, what, what is your problem? And she's staring out, she's staring at my door. I'm like, what, what's going on? What are you, what's happening? And then all of a sudden I hear this voice and it strikes me now again because of the voice that you heard earlier, then mentioned earlier, they said, get out now. And I, I was like, okay. And then I heard footsteps running towards my door. And as they got closer to my door, Harmony went into full out terrified mode. So she went from being on edge protected protected mode to something's gonna get me tail under like curled up amongst herself started whimpering all of her hair fell down like immediately petrified and so i sat upright and then this the sound of the steps ended at my door and then i heard something land on the other side of me out on the porch and then I heard something oh. fall through the branches of the tree next next to the porch. And then s- footsteps on the sidewalk, something running away. And so to this day, it felt human. It felt akin to every other ghostly experience I've had. But I didn't actually see anything. And all it was was audio or yeah all all it was was audio and physical feelings like oh wow so like you had an invisible person in your house yeah that's kind of what it felt like and that that person was not happy with us being there um so part of me was thinking you know after i did some research about the house and started to learn more about it part of me was thinking like maybe that magician unknowingly attached himself 
like to the house and now is kind of trapped and can only go so far outside of the realm, outside of the property, you know, and so feels some type of way about the, the rest of us being able to. Oh, that's wild. That's, and that's creepy. And yeah, I know somebody who lived on a house, in a house on Morris, who it was a, a group of students that lived there. And uh, she told me that there was all kinds of, it'd be funny if it was <laughs> the same house, all kinds of weird stuff that happened. It was before I, I showed up in, in Athens. So it was in the early, early nineties before I got there. So it was a couple of years before I got there. So I don't, I don't know, but she, mm -hmm. she said it was crazy. And, um, you know, the artist Ethelred yes. Eldridge, the, he lived in a house on Morris Avenue and he painted it completely on the inside with murals that were similar in style to the style that he's known for now, but looked a little bit more like his, um, his inspiration, William Blake's work. So the combination of the two. And Those I've seen, photographs. huh? Those oh, I'm sure they moved in the night. I'm sure they did. Um, but after he moved out of that house, the people who rented it from him painted over all of it. I know, How right? So there, so there are photographs of it, black and white photographs of it that I've seen. But I wonder if that house now isn't a little bit yeah. weird. Well, yeah, because you covered them up. Yeah. And yeah. I sincerely doubt they enjoyed that. No, I, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm because sure. He's, he's one of those artists where the creatures he paints, I'm very convinced are alive. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, he was, he was very, he was, he was very intense. Yeah. Intense is a good word and for he it. He put a lot of intensity in his art. But yeah, his house was, you know, on Morris. And then um, there's another person we know who lives there. And it's just a very energetic area. It is. Like you said, it's very, very Yeah. And I think that, that, has, that that's very true about most of Athens. I think it's, it's more active well, than yeah. many yeah. places. Um, I can almost, I can almost yeah. feel a barrier that I hit, like, coming in and out of Athens County almost when I'm traveling and such. But... Um, I definitely think that just as much as, um, like humans and spirits and entities have the ability to leave an energetic imprint, um, certain places can be more prone to like holding on to that imprint, if that makes sense. So because Ath yeah, I feel that so. because Athens is this place where the veil has been pushed back and forth so much that there's now so much going on here that it's it's stuff that like anyone can start to experience now. It's not just the stuff that you know those who have experienced it their whole lives. It's now split, spilling over into the just general public because it's such an a I think so. strong atmosphere of energy. 
then I think that those oh, yeah. energies, those things, the, uh, those locations can draw things to them even after a demise. So you, you, you know, you mentioned the artist, maybe because of the painting and because of the labor put into his art, his energy has now been put into that house and it still remains. Yeah. And, um, then like Morgana says, they painted over it. So obviously there's going to be a little bit of resentment now because of that. So yeah, that allows for there to be more of an opportunity for there to be some kind of emotional imprint. Yeah. It's it Athens, you know, one of the things that when this pandemic nonsense is done with itself, um, I really want to do some electromagnetic readings around the town and see if there are spots that are more electromagnetically mm -hmm. active than others. And then look at um, bedrock maps from the USGS and look at bedrock composition and uh, look at the electromagnetic anomalies maps, which um, most of Appalachia has tons of electromagnetic yep. anomalies all through it, you know, and see if we can correlate places with, you know, what's going on. I, see what you know there's mm -hmm. a lot of iron ore around there's of course there's carbon because this was a coal mining area and uh there's lots of underground springs with running water that's another thing that's fairly common around here and quartz quartz in the sandstone quartz and flint there's a little bit of flint around here yeah. so who knows <laughs> there's just it may just be a whole big conglomeration of stuff that just all happened around Athens to be there. And it, it just makes it yeah, easily. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm over here quietly marveling on the fact that I think where you were moving and where I was moving was the same places to the same places, like just a couple yeah. of houses over from each other this whole time. Yeah. And I don't know how we didn't Sooner. become friends so much more quickly because I think we were literally just like 500 yards apart from each other and this I, whole time. Yeah, because you, you lived on behind Morris. Morris Avenue. No, I lived on Morris. Well, yeah, but not My on front door was the alley. Okay. Yeah. So you were... I was in the... I, my, I'm telling you, the, our energies have right been bouncing off of each other for so long. The whole time. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's so, both of our sonars going, just, hey, just barely missing each hey. other. No, we can't get the person to steer this way. We're trying. <laughs> I mean, I have constantly been Over doing spells here. to find more witches. I'm always, I do this renewal <laughs> spell every time I do any of my rituals. That is to draw more witches to myself so that I can expand my coven. So I'm just stubborn. This <laughs> <laughs> is what happened is I'm like, that doesn't apply to me. I'm more of a shaman. <laughs> sorry, po sorry, psychic post office. This came to the wrong house. Pop it back in the post post box, turn the handle up. I hope you find who that's supposed to go to. Hey, Brittany. <laughs> I think Maybe it was for you. 
we became friends with Brittany before you did uh, me. I, actually, Fame. I think maybe. that might be true. I I think that maybe we had I met think... first, you and I, but I think Brittany and I actually yeah. became close friends before you and I did. Yeah. And then we worked together yeah. and the rest was history because if you jam enough people into a small enough space <laughs> you get for to long periods of time. Or one of you quits the job. <laughs> that's that's how it usually works. You either become family or somebody quits. Or somebody or has something. to move. Yeah. Um, because I didn't realize you were... But, like you're telling me where all these things are happening, and I'm I'm going. I think I know what year that was. And wait, wait, how did I miss your six foot glorious self? <laughs> and I know how I missed everything because I'm up here on my mountain. Yeah, you're up on the mountain. Life. Yeah, I, I stay way up here on the ridge top and. Hang out with the crows and the vultures, and yes, you too. And you, you have startled people with with the the giant flock of crows, the murder of crows that comes to eat at your house all the time. What chicken? Like seriously, people would people have been like <laughs> came to work and were like, "I live like near the foot of Madison, and like there's all these black birds." And I, I had a moment where I'm like, am I in the beginning of a horror movie? Is, is this where I worry? Is, is something going to drop out of the sky and tell me that it's the apocalypse? And I was like, oh, where do you live? Like right here. At which direction were the crows going? Up the hill. Were they circling a big brick house? Yeah, that's okay. That's my mom's house. She lives them. Which didn't really explain much because then the questions what? are... <laughs> Why? <laughs> Normies. They're so predictable. I know. I'm like, I it's just it's not weird to me that I feed crows and she feeds crows and you feed crows and Why wouldn't we feed them? It's perfectly normal to talk about right? It's perfectly normal to talk about giant guardian shadow buddies. Yeah. Perfectly sensible. Like, I mean, Perfectly it is my life, so. <laughs> exactly. You just get used to it. You do. And if you live in Athens, you get more and more used to it to the point where you're like, oh, this is how things are. And then you go someplace that's not nearly so active and where suddenly you're like. Why is it so empty? What? Oh, it's so, what's happening? This is so quiet. You know, this is so I weird. Heard a scream in the night. In <laughs> it's what's happening. There's no phantom knocking. What's going on? Absolutely. Yeah. Like at that point, you have to break out the Ouija right. board because you're lonely. Is anyone there? <laughs> Please, someone answer me. Like, can you even do like a a roommate wanted via Ouija board? Is that a good idea? <laughs> That's probably not a good idea. That's probably that's probably contraindicated. I mean, I'm sure that some people would do that, but I I I think it's kind of like going to the TB ward and and wanting to feel yeah. something. And eh, it's probably I don't, not I don't the best. play with them, but I it will be weird if I move and you know yeah, because at this point you've spent half your life here. So and before yeah. that, I was in West Virginia. I'm sorry. 
which is <laughs> <laughs> I was born there. I can't. I'm sorry. I oh, maybe man. maybe between lives I chose that part. I don't know. Some people say you do, but yeah, that's where my parents were. So I'm gonna have to stay in mountains. I I don't do well with extra <laughs> sky. sky. It freaks me out for me. Yeah. Well, I don't know how you adjusted to no I haven't adjusted. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's the truth of the matter. There's not enough fresh water near me, and I just am like a fish out of water. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, yeah lake really doesn't count because it's not really a lake, especially when you're used when to like used to great lakes. Lake. These things down here are not lakes. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, they're they're not. But that's okay. I have family who who lived on the lake uh, on the shore of Lake Erie. So literally, like you go outside and go up the dike that the Army Corps of Engineers built, so that you know there was no flooding and stuff, and sit there well, and there's flooding this year. <laughs> yeah, it's twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, so nice. Love that. Love 2020. So much fun. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I know what you mean that it's, it's a, it's a, I always liked sitting out there and looking at it and feeling it, but I, and I, I can't imagine growing up near that and then not being around it. Well, even I love Athens, but you know, even around here, these are not mountains. These are hills. Yes. And, ours are hills. And see, that's so funny because where I come from, these are mountains. And and then, no, baby, but then again, I've also lived in New Hampshire for a bit, so I do know yes, what mountains are. You know the big granite But still, these yeah. are still big enough that oh, I'm just mountain. like, wow, this is a mountain. But yeah, I mean, these are perfectly comfortable for me to exist in. <laughs> but they but... they don't count. They're not quite yeah. a mountain. No, they're com they're they're rugged yes. little hills. Yeah, they're foothills. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, yeah. They have so much sure. to love and so much to offer still. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I love them. But I do occasionally miss like the green escarpments yeah. with like blood red clay mudslides and like forest fires just at the top of a ridge that will make the whole sky orange for a couple days and like thunderstorms that get trapped and channeled down the river valleys and like the fact that get the canal and the elk flood all the time and are just really high yeah, like, they didn't used to do that you know really yeah magic island didn't disappear multiple times a year it did but not as excitingly as it does now that's that's a climate change mm. difference that's yeah, a the, the, the continual flooding is is new. Yeah. Um, I just got way off track, but I do think I think there's something to be said for what is it? You the the saying it's in your bones. Oh, the the place where you're born is in your bones, bones. which. Literally, it is. Like, there's a reason that Kentucky grows some of the best horses because of the mineral content in the ground. And it builds good bone. Um, so, like, 
obviously where you live does Absolutely. help form your bones. It just does. But from a magical standpoint, I do think there's an element of it shaping some of your ness, like your your experiences and where you're from to an extent shapes your magical and psychic senses oh, definitely. a little bit. I don't bit. even think it's a little bit. I think it wholly influences like what kind of things you can even be experiencing or, or exposed to. Um, I think that, you know, there are certain things in this world that I, that are of cultures that I had never come across until later in my life. And so those kinds of beings and creatures never even crossed my mind as being something that could exist until I had learned yeah. that there, you know, there were these other ideas out there. And so I think that that very much shapes what we can think or feel. Um, doesn't mean it, it stays that way, nor is it meant to. It's me it's meant to change and adjust and grow depending on how much we experience in the world. But nonetheless, I think there is, like you said, there is something to be said about home being in your bones because it literally, you have to start somewhere. You have to have a baseline. So it starts with something so so intricate and intrinsically you in that area in that space and time that it helps to kind of formulate your baseline where to go from there yeah what do you think would be your bones i suppose uh i don't know i mean something like pine trees and the water together the two of those things just if i have them around i feel at home i feel like i am where i'm you know comfortable and where i'm meant to be i like that yeah, um, i do too so shadow people ghosts witchy business, witchy business. Which, if we ever have a band, we're yes. naming it Witchy Business. I love it. It's a good name. I love it. It's very good. Name. Writing that down, Witchy Business. Anything else you want to share? Um, well, um, I don't know. I mean, I have other experiences that are not nearly as, like, interesting as the ones I've already shared, but still like the kind of <laughs> mundane things that happen to those of us who even the most mundane of experiences would be enough to ruin somebody else's life. Yeah, <laughs> give us one. I mean, because that's, yeah. that's part of, you know, our interview episodes are like, this is our life too. We get it. <laughs> and like, I, I want... I kind of want other people to get a glimpse of this is what it's like mm -hmm. to be weird. To live weird. <laughs> and, and also if they're weird and they've never talked with anybody else who's weird to understand that there's more oh, yeah. weird. Absolutely. There's so here. much more weird than anyone and, can ever even account for. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, that's part of why we're doing this. We're trying to, uh, get the weirdies to come out of the closet, the weirdy closet, and uh, just 
recognize that reality is not what we are taught in school necessarily. It's, it is exactly. that, but it's not, it's only, not that. only that. It's, it's lots of other things too. And I have nothing against science. I love science. I would have been That's a scientist great. if my, my ability in math had not been so stunted and screwed up. Um, in the humanities, that right there, that, that, and only that. <laughs> I, I would have, I would have, you know, loved being a scientist, but, you know, just didn't happen to work out. But it that doesn't explain everything. No, it just doesn't. Yet, anyway, maybe it will one day. It's coming closer and closer. There's, there's more and more evidence for a lot of what we're talking about here that's being found by scientists who will look outside the box and will risk their reputations by looking at fringe subjects and talking and, to us weirdos and talking to us weirdos and uh you know go ahead and and give us one of your mundane ones because i'm sure there's somebody okay. out there it's not mundane um, for. so there's this entity that has always um, followed me, I think, since I can even remember. Um, it's one of the shadow figures, but this one takes flight, um, is not normally attached to the ground like a lot, like most every other single one is. This one um, floats above the ground and sometimes can go really high into the sky to the point where I can't see that anymore. Um, but what makes it mundane, I suppose, is that it's just always present. It's just always there. Um, I, it's mundane in so much as it's just part of my normal daily life that this being, this creature, this figure is always gonna be there. Um, always just kind of hanging out in the background, just kind of, hovering around I don't know just overlooking I guess just kind of I don't know what they do exactly but they are they just hang out and they are out. you know they're <laughs> over my shoulder at all times and um it's only mon it's it's mundane because it'll be something like I'm sitting down eating my cereal and it's just there like I'm not like nothing I'm not doing anything I'm not thinking anything I'm like barely even awake yet and there it is present right next to me, still doing its thing, just hanging out there. And, um, you know, it's it's a visual that, that maintains its own location and, and it's, its own entity. So I look away from it and it's not, you know, and then I turn back and it's still there or I look away from it and catch its reflection in the mirror or in the glass or something like that. And um, it's it's just kind of constant. Um, but yeah, now that I've said it aloud, it doesn't sound as mundane as I feel it to be. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Yeah, 
why I was like, why don't you just tell us? Because there's going to be people who's gone, that's not mundane. I don't because, know. Like, not the eating the cereal part was, but I, I'm not Do you ever sure. say hey to them? Because I occasionally will just chat when like, I run into something odd in my house. Like, I mean, the thing on the stairs at mom's house we talk to at this point. Because it's, oh, just, yeah. it's, just the, it's the thing on the <laughs> stairs. It's, it lives there. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't go out of its way to scare people. In fact, it, no, it's it quite like it. it when so people can go about. You can mm -hmm. you can come up to moms and see if the, the thing will come out. Thing will probably come out. He almost always does, or she, or whatever. It. Yeah. It's an it. I I don't think it has it gender. No, I mean, kind of. It kind of just. Looks like a little goblinish thing. Yeah. Um, so you, what? What's another one? Let's see. Um, oh, there's this pair of twins. This pair of twins that I see whenever I go home to Michigan. Because that's kind of <laughs> creepy as hell. <laughs> Sorry. I guess it is. This is the first one that's actually creepy to me. Is you say twins, and I'm like, uh, uh I'm out. <laughs> I've seen The Shining. I'm done now. Signed out for this one. <laughs> it's Michigan. There's snow. Mm -mm, not getting stranded up there with some creepy ghost twins. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, they um they don't they don't do anything. They are just present. They're just okay. there. Um Yeah, yeah. I mean they they are just kind of it's like they're keeping watch over something, even though they're young. They're like young girls. So the, like they shouldn't I mean can't I can't really place what period they're from, but for all intents and purposes, period. they shouldn't be out like in the yard watching for things. Like they should be safe inside, but for whatever reason, they were not, and they whatever happened happened because they were out watching. Waiting for something, looking for something, and um, yeah, whatever it was came along for sure. And yeah, Aww. poor wee twins. Do you ever try and talk to them, or do you just kind of go, "Okay, that's a thing," and I'm um, I've move tried with my life in the past um, with very little response, if any at all. So I just kind of gave up on it. Um, Cause like yeah. outside of my conversation with my grandfather that day, I haven't ever had like an actual communicative interaction with any entity. I don't think um, I haven't like that time was very poignantly. We were having conversation. Um, I was saying things that just popped into my mind and, and he was responding and that kind of thing. But the other yeah. experiences that hasn't really been the case. I haven't 
like maybe I've reached out and tried to say something, but it has been met with like little to no response. So it's just kind of left me yeah. bored, not wanting to continue because I kind of feel like I'm bothering them. You I know, if they if they don't answer the second time, yeah, they probably don't want to talk to me. So yeah, why? Why yeah. you you would be the politest like, <laughs> ghost hunter summoner. Like, you're not even gonna call names thrice. You're just like you get to two. Nobody yeah. wants to come. Okay, <laughs> you know, I it's all right. You just go about your day. It's cool. Like that's so nice. What, that yeah, that is nice. Um, that's one of the things about um ghost hunting shows. I I get irritated with is okay if you think this is an actual dead person. If you think this was a human person once and now they're deceased and they don't know that they are, why are you poking exactly. at them? Exactly. Be nice. Is it that hard? It's not. Be nice. It's it's like you wouldn't yell or you know, ask intrusive stupid questions to a stranger that you are walking in their house. You would never do that. So why do that to someone that's dead? And it's even worse if you think that they might be sort of a time slip situation where you have two times that are like close together and they're on one side of the divide and you're on the other and they're in their house, in their time, minding their own business. And then there's this person over here asking stupid questions. Why are you doing that? That's not. Or yelling. Or yelling worse. Yelling. Why would you do that's just terrible? We're, we're, that's what's happening. It's an endless loop throughout the realities <laughs> of like other of ghost hunters being right. scary ghosts that we're seeing. Yeah, that could be and get us to react. That could be and, have you ever seen the movie The Others? Yes. It's like that. It's it's with Nicole Kidman. It's a really, really creepy. It's very, very you'd like it. If if you like ghost stories, it's a good it. ghost story. Okay. I'm not going to tell you anything. I'll look into it for it sure. And spoil it. So it's, it's really good. It's, it doesn't have jump scares. It doesn't, you know, it's yeah. unnerving in places is what it is. Um, that's, that's my favorite kind of ghost stories. It's unnerving. Yes. Because but they yeah. are unnerving. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's not usually jump scare. It's usually like do 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 going about oh, my day. I've How been watching long this shadow has figure. there been <laughs> right here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why is that there? Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not always like the the TV right. word where you get the get out, and it's bad. Yes. We can't stay, you know, I, and you leave. Most of the time, it's just a little bit, oh. Yeah. Yeah. That's odd. Yeah. Yeah. So. And when it is absolutely really, really scary, you just are like, okay, (laughs) wrong place, wrong time. I'm going to skedaddle. Not bother you or anything. Yeah. Or like if it's in your own house, that is about the only time I will get, I will raise my voice. And I'll be like, okay, no, my house, not your house. You don't get to come in here and be all like messing with my people and my animals. Demon be gone. Yes. Yes. It's time for you to leave now. 
it's not that I don't believe in demons. I'm just not yeah. concerned I, by demons. I'm if still concerned by sense. them because I have that whole Catholic thing. It's still there. I'm still like, yeah. It's yeah. in your, so it's I still in have your, this thing about demons, but I still so. commune with them. <laughs> so I still talk to them, <laughs> even though I have this weird thing with them. <laughs> they, they just, they don't confront me none, really, I suppose. Um, you were never Christianized. No, I really wasn't. I, I think I am the only person... Uh, the one of the three podcast hosts who has, except for the fifth guy, um, hmm, true, who was he never was... at any point Christianized. <laughs> yeah, you, you, and your stepfather escaped and, it. Yeah, and he's he still being Abrahamic. born. Yeah, true. He be, he by being born Jewish escaped it. So, although I'm he's, just, I'm just a little barefoot heathen child. Yes. Like. That was my intention. So yes, you did quite. You and you and you and my grandpa, just yep. you were like, okay, here's here's all the paganism, and he was like, and here's all the native history and part of your culture, and we're just gonna Jesus. <laughs> this one's this one. You don't get this one. You're a very nice man, but you can just walk on by. Just keep walking. <laughs> just keep walking. <laughs> she's she's going. What what's the the slouching towards Bethlehem? A rough oh, beast. What rough beast slouches yeah. toward Bethlehem? To I, I'm, I'm the rough beast that that slouched and got born. <laughs> yeah, that's not quite <laughs> what Yates was talking about, but okay. I know. <laughs> that's different. That's very different, but yeah. So I think we've we've talked for a good hour and a half, so. If you have anything else you'd like to bring up, just pop out with it. If not, I think we've we've we don't want to overstay our welcome and, and take your voice away and make it all like creaky and cranky. And we can always have you back uh, because we are going to talk about paganism, neo paganism, witchcraft, and stuff okay, like that cool. in a more specific yeah. way. Whenever you want so, me back, I would love to. I would love to be here so i i've enjoyed myself i've enjoyed this conversation very much <laughs> it was good to have you thank you so much for coming well that's all for this week's episode of the six degrees of john keel podcast if you have any questions or thoughts about the podcast or would like to come and talk about your experiences of the paranormal you can contact us at 6djk67 at gmail.com we promise to even answer you, and we are always happy to hear from you. Thank you. Until next time, keep your eyes on the skies. Salt across the doorstep. And whatever you do, don't talk to the Loveland Frogmen. Because if you do, they'll follow you home. And your kids will want to keep them as a pet. And you'll end up having to feed them and clean up after them. Mm -hmm.